Love Talk Radio. Oh my God. Don't touch me. I'll beat your brains out. You believe in miracles? Yes! I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56 yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Gypsy. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Down goes Fraser. Down goes Fraser. I think that the NFL knows what Randy Moss has done with marijuana, and I think the NFL knows what Randy Moss does with marijuana. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Top of the morning. Those of you already on Facebook Live, the millions obviously listening around the world on Blog Talk Radio, live from Hollywood, California. This is Tough Love. I am Alistair Conrath. Top of the morning to all of you. I uh, hope everybody's having a good start to their Sunday, Halloween weekend. I wonder how many walk of shames happened in cat suits this morning. I'm thinking quite a few. Um, Jags and Eagles are on right now. There's about 10 minutes to play in the fourth. Eagles up 24 to 15 over Jacksonville. Um, you know, Jacksonville is a shit show right now, is it not? It is. Uh, I, I mean, number one, offensively, they don't have any weapons. Blake Bortles is terrible. Leonard Fournette's a pussy. Their defense isn't. I mean, it's very, very good. It's just not good enough. You know, like in 2000, Baltimore Ravens, their offense was horrible. I mean, they had Jamal Lewis. He ran for 2,000 yards. (laughs) Anthony in in the Facebook Live. Uh, And so aside from that, they had Trent Dilfer. They went two-plus games back in 2000 without scoring a touchdown. But the Ravens won those games, and there was never a divide And that's because the Ravens' defense had Ray Lewis. And therefore, Ray was strong enough mentally to not let the inadequate offense deter the dominant defense. And so that is the problem right now with Jacksonville. They do not have a leader like Ray Lewis on that defense to step up and say, hey, I know the offense sucks, but we have to do what we need to do and be dominant. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, so far from what I've seen, has gotten worked a couple times by Alshon Jeffrey. And, uh, you know, he talks about how great he is. He's gotten roasted quite a few times. Uh, and so it's just Jacksonville has potential and opportunity. They need to be healthy. They need to have weapons. But on defense, they need to have somebody step up and just do what Ray Lewis did and say, look, we are really, really good and we need to do what we need to do. I, I keep looking at the TV. I'm sorry, Ferran. Ferran's like, why do you keep looking over there? The game is on. I have the game on. 
Uh, so, therefore, that's that's my take on Jags. I thought their defense was best. I truly believe they were a hybrid of the 2000 Ravens, the 02 Bucks, fast, big, strong, dominant. And uh, they are not not that. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But the Eagles are, you know, up by nine with eight and a half to go. Uh, so, wanted to touch on that. Uh, I just saw uh, a headline on ESPN about Tyron Liu being fired as the Cleveland Cavs coach after a six start. It's funny what happens when you don't have LeBron. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Tyron Lue, but, you know, sorry, bud. Uh, by the way, if anybody is listening on Blog Talk and wants to call in, or for that fact, you want easy for Ron. I will. Uh, <laughs> Anybody wants to call in, please do. 213-943-3423. I do not need a co-host, so keep it short if you are going to call in. I only have 25 minutes left. Uh, 213-943-3423. Big shout out to a group I'm a part of, MVP, Merging Vets and Players. Yesterday was a really, really awesome day. Uh, Good Morning America came, so Michael Strahan and his co-hosts were there. Uh, Robert Griffin, old Minnesota Viking, was there. Sean Merriman, Jared Bunch, uh, JB. So it was was just a really, really awesome day. And Jay Glazer with his tight-ass skinny jeans. (laughs) It was fun. It was a really, really good day. So I got to meet all those guys, work out with them. Uh, side by side with Michael Strahan, uh, you know, working out. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, shout out to MVP, unbelievable uh, crew and group. Um, okay, to football shortly. Obviously, we got the Packers and Rams today, and the Biggie tonight with the Vikings and Saints. I just want to touch on something about sports and analytics and how nerds are taking over. And it's not always for the best. Keep in mind, most of the nerds who do these analytics never played the game. And so, therefore, they don't measure intangibles. And it's, they don't, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't know, like, what that even means. They're all about numbers. And they don't get, you know, the ebbs and flow of a game and how much momentum can be and how much, you know, a locker room, you know, it, presence can have an effect on things so I'm watching the the World Series last night and I know I don't talk a lot of baseball in here but this needs to be said because you know it's it's seeping into professional sports too much in my opinion so it's the seventh inning last night Rich Hill for the Dodgers is throwing a one hitter all right and I don't even care what his pitch count was I don't give a shit it could have been 200 all I know is after they took him out, the, the bullpen fell apart. Obviously, the Boston Red Sox, Red Sox scored nine runs in the last three innings off the relievers. All I am saying is this. I am a Minnesota Twins guy. I'm from Minnesota, so by default, I'm a Twins dude. Just think about the 91 World Series. Game seven, Jack Morris, and I want to say it was John Smoltz in the best pitching duel possibly in the history of baseball, Jack Morris throws a one-hitter shutout, 10 innings. Imagine if the Twins would have pulled him in the sixth or the seventh, 
and de- and depended on their bullpen, who, by the way, was a good bullpen. But why are you going to fuck with that mojo? Rich Hill had a one hitter going last night. He had the, he had the Red Sox baffle. Old school Rich Hill, old man, baffling the Red Sox. One hitter, and it, and they pull him. Analytics are just they're seeping in, and I get it with baseball. There's 162 games. It's much more of a sample to be able to take than it is per se football. Only 16 games, and that is why, thank God, analytics don't play that much of a part in football. Plus, there's just so many more moving parts. It's a lot more difficult. The emotions are so much higher. The locker room effect is so much different. The intangibles in football are almost impossible to measure analytics off of. You still can. I know you nerds will, but it's a lot more difficult than it is baseball or, or basketball and hockey, 82 games still. All I know is that Rich Hill, who knows what would have happened, right? Who knows? They still, the Red Sox still could have scored nine runs, right? I don't know. But why not let the guy who's throwing a fucking one hitter keep going? It's shocking to me. Like, and I know so many analytic nerds out there. Excuse, excuse, excuse. This is where analytics don't matter. They don't matter. You let the guy who's throwing a one hitter Continue to throw a one-hitter and try and see what happens. I mean, it's uh, unbelievable. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, it's not, it's not shocking that Red Sox took one in Los Angeles. It's just how they did I mean, shoot, if not for that inning blunder by Ian Kinsler, who, by the way, should retire. He is having a terrible go of things right now. He's not doing good offensively or defensively. But if it wasn't for his throwing error, yeah, I mean, it would have been a sweep last night. But so, again, it's not shocking that they split in here in L.A. It's just how it went down. I, I, it's unbelievable to me that uh, you can take a guy out who's throwing a one hitter. I get it. I get it. If it's game 85, yeah, whatever, you know, but this is game four of the fucking world series. What are you doing? I just, it's shocking to me, but again, nerds are taking over. If you've been inside of a Prius, you'd understand that because that instead of the radio display, it now has an energy consumption display where it shows you like when it's using gas versus when it's using energy. Like anybody gives a shit about that at all, at all. Nobody cares. Meanwhile, I don't even know what the radio station is on. You know, because of this. Unbelievable. That car, by the way, beeps as you go backwards. Uh, and not on the outside, not on the outside. It's on the inside. Uh, just to let you know you're going backwards as if the backward of the car didn't already let you know that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The nerds, nerds. Um, okay. So it is football. And uh, that game is 24, 18, by the way, it looks like Jaguars kicked a field goal. Uh, Lambo is on fire. Apparently um, two massive games, obviously today, uh, Ferran, first being Green Bay, and uh, the Rams 
I mean, that is that is going to be a goodie. Um, you know, here's the thing, though. Rams defense is terrible. I, I'm surprised. I'll be honest with you. As my, I'm a Vikings guy. We all know this. We see this, in the, you know, the towel behind me or the blanket. But if I am Brian Gutekunst, who, by the way, grew up in my neighborhood uh, when I was younger and we hung out all the time. If I'm Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Packers, why are you not going after Patrick Peterson? You already missed out on Khalil Mack to a division rival. Why are you not going after Patrick Peterson? I get it. You got Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, two really promising rookies, but they're rookies. And you, of all teams, should be front and center going after Patrick Peterson. He would change your defense dramatically. It's, it's shocking to me that he, the Packers haven't been brought up in potential teams to go after Patrick Peterson. So, as far as the game goes today, I mean, yeah, because the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, you will always be in the game. You will always have a chance. I just don't see, and, and they're getting Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison back, apparently, um, who, by the way, only Aaron Rodgers and a handful of others, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, <laughs> Phillip Rivers, could actually get anything out of those guys anyway. But, you know, you, you, I just don't see how the Packers are going to keep up. Let's just say that. Rams are going to score on Packers defense. Todd Gurley is going to get his on the Packers defense. The receivers are going to get theirs on the Packers defense. The only way the Packers do anything today to keep up is to be able to pressure Jared Goff. And as it sits right now, Green Bay is in the bottom half of the league in pressuring the quarterback. So I don't see how, you know, I mean, put it this way, just like in a couple weeks when the Packers and the Patriots play, I mean, on paper, yeah, that looks fantastic. And I think that game will be closer than this game. And I think that game is in Green Bay. And keep in mind, if the game today was in Green Bay, that would be different. There's no doubt. You know, I mean, it's, it's 85 degrees here. And so, you know, for a team to play in 35 or whatever it is in Green Bay, uh, you know, I mean, a 50-degree difference matters sometimes. Obviously, once you get your blood pumping and everything, you know, it, it doesn't matter as much. But I just don't see how they keep up. I, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think the Rams win this, and I think they win it. I think they cover. I, I mean, biggest deficit ever, I think, is what they said for Aaron Rodgers and a, and a minus nine and a half uh, the, the Rams are favored by. But I see it happening. Again, I, I mean, Marcus Peters is having a rough go of things. Aqib Tlaib, I think, is out. But you still have that front seven that you have to deal with. And I don't think the Packers offensive line is going to be able to do it. I, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I usually am. But, and that's why I don't bet. Because I'm thinking, yes, this is going to be a walk. But, again, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, that's the difference between football is it's, it's such a man's game. And there's so much pride 
that happens. You know, I mean, it, any any given Sunday, but I man, I would be shocked. I really would. Um, Broncos at Chiefs. You know, I mean, the last time these two teams played in Denver, mind you. Um, Broncos gave him a, a good run. And then if you remember Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter, uh, brought him back, I think from more than 10 down and they ended up winning that game. Now it's in Arrowhead today, uh, against a Broncos defense that, yeah, you know, I mean, just have, they don't have enough on defense top of the morning, Dino to like stop the chiefs attack. I say, I don't see that happening either. Broncos are not reeling at three and four. I will say this. Royce Freeman is out. And so therefore Patrick Lindsay is going to get the full go today. Uh, And I think it's going to be a good thing for him uh, to, to go against, you know, a porous chiefs defense and Patrick Lindsay have all the touches, all the carries, you know, I mean, Royce Freeman, I drafted him in my fantasy in like the fourth and fifth round in both of them, thinking this guy has got it. And then all of a sudden, Patrick Lindsay comes onto the scene, Colorado kid, University of Colorado alum, and then goes to Denver, sticks in Colorado, and blows it out. This kid is good. He's really, really good. And I think he's going to show today, even in a loss, that he's the real deal. And I think he's going to, you know, overtake Royce a lot today um so see how that goes the other ones oh i guess uh, you know before i get to the vikings and saints who dat my ass dino by the way the bigger the one of the biggest games today is baltimore at carolina um yeah i mean i don't know what the over under says 44 and a half baltimore is favored by the way on the road in carolina think about that carolina is three and oh at home and they are underdogs at home against Baltimore, who lost at home last week to the Saints. I'm, I tell you what, after this show is over, I'm putting money on, uh, on the Panthers. I, I think I'm going to. I, I mean, I don't know. That's, I might put money on the under, too. Think about it. 44 and a half, that's 22 to 22, 24, 20. I just don't think there's going to be that much scoring. Uh, both defenses are, you know, top 10, maybe top seven. Uh, Ravens is number one. I'm just saying, I think the Panthers is definitely, you know, top seven, top five. Um, I don't necessarily think there's going to be a lot of scoring going on. But then again, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm so bad at betting. I'm so knowledgeable on football. I'm so bad when it comes to betting. It's terrible. But I mean, it's just, it's common sense. I should just go whatever I think is the common sense move, I guess. Um, but that's going to be, you know, you guys know me. I'm a defensive guy. I can't wait to see this. It's going to be fun. By the way, that Browns at Steelers, sneaky, sneaky. Steelers defense isn't that good, and they're one and two at home. I know Browns are, you know, not. They're, put it this way, Browns have been in four overtime games. Think about that, four. So that's how close they are to being four and two Instead of two and four and, and that tie. So that's the other. Um, 49ers, Cardinals. Wow. Terrible. Uh, and then we have, obviously, the Vikings and Saints. Uh, uh, a do-over from last year's uh, divisional playoff game, the Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, and that is the last time you will hear me say that. 
it will be probably said ad nauseum today. Um, thing that sucks for the Vikings is that there are numerous um, injuries, and it's a little disconcerting. Uh, I'm going to bring it up real quick. You've got Xavier Rhodes and um, Linval Joseph, questionable. Um, apparently, Xavier Rhodes was even limping as late as Friday. Um, and now don't get me wrong. Obviously, you can shoot him up uh, with some good stuff and you know, fight through it, I guess. Um, for those three and a half hours, which, I mean, I'm assuming they'll probably do. Same thing with Linval Joseph. Um, Anthony Barr is out today, first time in a long time. Um, you know, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Anthony Barr, but um, like any slacker in a contract year, they step up. Uh, and so he and Trey, uh, Trey Waynes are playing a, a little bit better as of late, as much as I hate to admit it. But losing Barr, um, I guess it's, you know, I mean, yeah, it, he's athletic, and that would help, obviously, against, you know, Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, the backs for them coming out. Um, so, you know, I mean, is that a huge loss? I guess so. The way he's been playing the last couple weeks, yes, that is a significant loss. Since he was roasted by the Rams on that Thursday night game, um, he has definitely stepped up. And so I will give credit where credit's due. It would be nice to have him today. There's no doubt about it. His, his speed would come in handy. Um, but they are also, without Sendejo, uh, he'll, be, he'll miss again. Uh, I think that's his third, third game uh, in a row missing. Uh, George Aloka will step in, along with Anthony Harris, uh, who's been well, in the nickel slot and the safety spot. Um, Everson Griffin is back, which is nice. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Think about it. It's, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl D-end who, you know, is a sack machine. And so if you're going to beat the Saints tonight, you need to be able to get after Drew Brees uh, and get pressure on him and make him uncomfortable. Any Hall of Fame quarterback it's been proven. If you get pressure and make them uncomfortable, Tom Brady's a great example in two Super Bowls, you can alter their throws. You can, uh, you can have a, a little bit of effect on how great they are. Having Everson Griffin back hopefully is huge. I'm a, I have a feeling he'll play half the game uh, along with Stephen Weatherly, you know, flip-flopping and giving them each other rest, which I'm totally fine with because Stephen Weatherly has been – if Linval Joseph is out, Jaleel Johnson has been looking really good. And he and uh, Joseph might, you know, alternate and keep each other fresh. Daniel Hunter needs to step up and have a great game. Um, I'm not sure of the Saints injuries. I don't think I saw too many. I think I saw one. Uh, but if Xavier Rhodes cannot play, uh, that's tough. You got Holton Hill stepping in. Not saying Holton Hill's terrible. But obviously, you know, you're, you're supplanting an all-pro uh, in Xavier Rhodes, and that generally doesn't bode well. Especially, you know, I mean, here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest thing. Dino says, don't be so one-sided. I am a Vikings guy. You see the goddamn blanket, right? I'll get to the effing Saints shortly. Not like there's a lot to get to. But 
here's the thing that scares me as a Vikings fan going into tonight. The only great part is that we have home field advantage, although the Saints are 3-0 and on the road. The problem is the Vikings has, have had Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen two weeks in a row, which obviously came out as W's, which they should. But when you go from Darnold and Rosen all of a sudden up to Breeze, that scares me, especially with the defensive players who are out. You know, I mean, you need all the firepower you possibly can get. Hold on a sec. I'm driving. I can't type. I would be right. <laughs> yeah. I, you, you need everybody on defense to be accountable. You need Barr as you know, average as he is. You need Xavier Rhodes to be at top potential. Um, if he's going to be covering Michael Thomas, think about that. No, you've got Holton Hill on Michael Thomas and you've got Trey Waynes covering. I, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's not a good situation is what I'm getting at for a, a bike. I mean, I, you, it's hard for me to sit there and be like, Oh yeah, the bikes are going to win when, you know, I mean, put it, the line on the game has has gone from a Vikings minus one to a Saints minus two. You know, and so I'm not the only one thinking, like, you know, if Vegas is siding with me, I can't be a homer all the time. I can only be a homer to a certain degree. And if I'm a betting man, which I'm, again, terrible at, the Saints are the team 100%. 100%. In fact, I should put money on the Saints just so – Hopefully I lose it. You know, I would rather lose money and have the Vikings win than than that. But the funniest part is, you know what's going to happen? I'll take the Saints minus two, and they'll win by one. I'll lose both ways, and that would just be apropos to how my life goes. Two-minute warning in uh, London. Eagles 24-18 over the Jags. Uh, it looks as though it's Eagles ball. Uh, I don't know how many timeouts, nor do I give a shit. Uh, so that's a, you know, as, as far as the saints go, Dino, what do you want me to say? You guys are five and one, you know, you've won five straight since that game one shellacking from the bucks. Um, you know, if I click on your horrible team right now from a horrible city with horrible people, um, that's a copyright Dan common man Cole. I'm sorry. I shouldn't, shouldn't do that. Uh, But, you know, I mean, here's the thing with the Saints. They're in the midst of a three-game stretch right now that if they come out of it one and two, that's impressive. (laughs) You know I'm messing around, Dino. But last week at Ravens, which Justin Tucker misses an extra point for the first time in his life almost, uh, at least since high school, uh, and it wasn't a good time to do it. Uh, and they lose the game at or at home against the Saints. So a game that I really thought the Ravens would win, they lose. So the Saints won and oh. Now the Saints tonight at Minnesota and then next week they're home against the Rams. So I you know, I mean, they've got this three game stretch that if they come out of it three and oh, I mean wow. Good for them. You know what I'm saying? Good for them. Um, you know, but the Vikings hopefully can take care of biz tonight. And the Rams, you know, that's going to be a fun game. But then they've got 
Saints have at Bengals after the Rams, and then the Eagles. So this is a five-game stretch that will test Saints significantly, and they're 1-0 so far with a massive road win in Baltimore. Uh, so another massive road game tonight against uh, you know the Vikings, home against the Rams, at Bengals, home against the Eagles. I, so it's not a it's not an easy five game stretch at all. But Carabiz, like I say, in Baltimore, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens, Dino. Uh, I don't know where your boy Chad is, uh, but I, I will say this: generally, I go over to Jameson's on Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, do the all-you-can-drink mimosas and bloodies, um, you know, for the twelve fifty or thirteen bucks, whatever, from ten to three. But being that the Vikings and Saints are on at five tonight, I don't think, or five twenty, I don't think that's in my best interest because I actually will see the game and remember the game. Um, and so, lucky enough, Denver KC is on, uh, and along with the Giants and Redskins at ten, and then at one. The Rams and, uh, and Packers are on TV. So I'm not doing shit. And then following that up with Saints and Vikings, it's, uh, it's going to be an awesome, lazy, do-nothing day. And I'm excited. Ferran, I hope your Packers get killed today in Los Angeles. Bike over there and get a ticket and, uh, and watch that game. Not like it's going to be sold out. Although the Packers fans here might uh, – take the other half of the tickets with that stadium. That would be empty. Anyway, I got uh, about 10 seconds left. Exactly. Blog Talk Radio, thank you. Those of you on Facebook Live, thank you very much. Tough love is out. Drive fast, take chances. Love you guys. Bye.